Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name is Gerns, and I am here joined by, well, I mean, I know you as Hamza, but like, yeah. do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Holmes. Holmes. Manchester, born and raised, creative musician, all of that. Nice. So, for those who don't know, we've got a bit of history. Yeah, this mad, is, innit? And it's, it's weird as well, because I don't know whether I've ever had this with someone that I've interviewed before, where like, normally it's like, always oh, seen you on socials, but this goes back, what is it, 15 years ago? So, for those who don't know, Hums was actually, um, we're at the same school, and you're in the same year as my sister, so I obviously kind of knew of you through that, so... Yeah, yeah that, is, that is wild, bro. So this <laughs> is our first catch-up since then. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, which is nuts. And I was really good mates uh, with Maria, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, did this is pretty wild. It's happening Yeah, I think, right like, now. throughout, like, no, I mean, obviously back then it was, like, you were in year seven and mm, stuff. But I feel like throughout, like... You, years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then, obviously, I seen a little bit that you were, you were doing the music thing, doing the radio. Um, and then this just beautifully and organically, the universe yeah. has linked this up, which is nice. You know, it's cool as well, because I think I'd seen that you were into content creation, because I think, did you do something with Asian Network? I have, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I yeah, saw, yeah. I saw, saw that, that, and I was like, oh, that's that's really cool, that's really mm. interesting. And obviously you reached out, and you were like, to us, and you were like, oh, I'm doing music now. Mm. I was like, okay, this is great. Yeah, like, this yeah, is it proper, makes sense. Like, let's catch up and chat. So tell the people who don't know a bit about you then, and where you come from, your background, your story, all that. All right, so a bit of background uh, on me is... Um, obviously school, college, went to uni uh, in Bristol But obviously this time of my life like I was down bad uh, Because I got caught up in a cycle of just like going out um, Weekend offending Which then became everyday offending After I left school and, and college um, Then when uni got worse uh, And I was like so down bad And obviously like coming from a Pakistani family Muslim family, being Muslim myself It's like it was really bad Because then it's like family don't want to know me um, mm. sort of an outcast in the community and these kind of things um, and then you know the more depressed I was the more I was going out the more I was like substance abusing I guess um, and then yeah obviously at the time like we didn't really know what mental health was you know what I mean we didn't know mm. like anxiety and depression wasn't really being spoken about how it is now so I'm like I'm, I'm feeling low um, but my only uh, resolve is to get back on it uh, go out distract myself I didn't really know like what I could do So then Yeah Things got really bad Some rock bottom moments And then long story short There was a Huge turnaround moment And it was in the first Covid lockdown uh, Discovered self improvement Discovered spirituality That was the first thing I discovered Learned how to Reprogram our mind For a vision of the future um, That was From the book that I read at the time Dr. Joe Dispenza And I was So desperate At the time bro Like uh, To change uh, where I was, my mind, uh, my mental health. I was so desperate that I just did everything that this book said. And I'd never even read a book before that at that point. Honestly, what I was just like, it just felt like this was uh, the answer for me. Went all in. I'm doing one hour, 10 minute meditations. I'd never done anything like that, especially with someone with ADHD. That's very difficult. Um, and then came out the other end. It started to heal me. Then I became obsessed with self-improvement, learned about cold exposure, um, and I put myself together, turned my uni career around. Um, it was so bad that I failed my first year, but then turned it around, ended up graduating. Uh, first class honours. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, bro. And fr from a really good uni as well, Uni of yeah. Bristol. So it was like uh, that, to give that for my family after putting them through yeah. a lot, that was was what, beautiful. what were you studying out of interest? Social policy. Okay. Um, and even I took that course, I didn't really know what it was at the time. I just knew I wanted to go to Bristol. Like mm -hmm. that, that was like, I just went to visit my mate in my gap year and I was like, I have to be here. I have to be at these halls. I've just fell in mm. love. What halls are of interest? Because I know Bristol. Hyatt Baker. Okay. I've heard like those are the ones. That <laughs> everyone wants yeah, to go yeah, to. yeah. Literally. So, um, yeah, I fell in love and then I knew I wanted to go there. So I took like the lowest, uh, like, you know, the only course I could get into was that was one of them. Um, obviously, I wanted to do economics or something, which I'm really glad I didn't. I ended up enjoying the mm -hmm. course. And also, I just had a bit more free time. So I started a clothing brand while I was at uni. I was, um, that's part of the reason why I got first because, uh, you know, uh, it just worked for me. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, turn, turned um, my life around. And at this point, I'm, I've started to make content as well. So two years ago, about this month, uh, is when I started to take content serious. And why that started was because 
bro, here's the, here's the mad thing, right? That my followers don't know. Anyone who's seen my ice bath videos over these few years, no, no one knows this basically, which is like the reason I became interested in TikTok was because my dream is to be a musician. So that was actually the, the sole reason at the beginning was people are going viral overnight. People are making their careers. And I'm also seeing music is getting more and more competitive and it's only going to get worse as time goes on. So at the time I'm like, I can't miss this boat basically. If I don't start making content, if I don't learn the ropes now and build a fan base first, then I've got no chance in really my big picture vision, which is to be a musician, which also links to change in the world because it's like, that's what my music is all about. And that's what kind of um, my soul is is desiring to just go and, and lift people up. And I always knew that it's going to be in music. So yeah, started making videos on TikTok. The cringiest videos you'll ever see, bro. If you go scroll uh, to the bottom of my feed, like I was just trying to jump on trends. I was trying to copy what other people are doing, just learning the ropes. Was this like during first lockdown then or like a bit later? No, on? later, later, later. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First lockdown was when I started to turn my mental health around. Sure. Then after about a year or so after that, finishing uni. Um, so yeah, I was, it was about a year after the first lockdown. Um, so yeah, cringy stuff and whatnot, learning the ropes. And I wasn't even talking about mental health at the start because it was uncomfortable. Like I wasn't really talking about that, but then I did once and then everyone responded to it really well. And I'm like, you know what? This is clearly what the people need. I'm going to felt more comfortable. Started talking about mental health, opening up about my journey. Next thing you know, so I took an ice bath one time, went viral and then uh, obviously doubled down on that content. Ice bath started to change my life too. Um, and then, yeah, two years later, here we are. Um, and I ended up becoming a full-time content creator, which is mad. Yeah, and no, honestly, you going through all of that just now, like, that's a lot, even for like how many years like five years they've kind of just gone through there mm, mm-hmm. like it's a lot to go through obviously it's good that it seems positive now we're at mm. the other end of it but um if you don't mind if you could just like break that apart and i know you said that you didn't necessarily feel comfortable talking about mental health yeah. before are you okay to talk about of course bro yeah 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 sure. yeah for sure man so like going back to like kind of the start of this um, period that you've just covered um I just thought it'd be worth like kind of going into a bit for anyone that might be able to relate at home in terms of how you ended up getting into that cycle of going out right. um just wanting to go out all the yeah, time. Yeah. Like you you obviously said that that happened. Yeah. But I'm interested as to how did you actually get to the point that that point? Like yeah. like why do you think that happened? So I can literally pinpoint it. So uh, I'm glad you asked that question. Um what happened was I started getting into going out at like 15 years old, right? Um, and for me, this is all taboo, forbidden, not allowed. So obviously I ended up becoming mates with mainly white people. Like obviously my, my parents weren't expecting that um, when I went to the school that we went to. It's like, you know, thought, okay, sweet. He's going to be like better behaved than ever, blah, blah, blah. But it was the opposite. I got into things that, you know, I wasn't brought up on and it was so like exciting for me um, that, you know, I sinned, man. I started sinning. So weekend defending, going out from like 15 years old, right? And it was all right because it was only weekend defending. So I was getting away with it because someone, something would have to drag me back into school on Monday. I still had the structure around me, right? So no matter what, I had to go to school on Monday. So I was still high performing. I was still, you know, in the football teams. I was struggling a little bit. It did start to catch up with me, but it was just about all right. I could get by passing the exams and whatnot, still getting good grades. Do you think that anyone like... Um, in terms of people at school like kind of clocked on that this was happening or like no were they like oblivious because you were still high performing yeah oblivious but also bro i never had one mental health problem while i was at school so in not once from that age of 15 all the way to the end of sixth form mental health not one anxious thought zero i just was living in the present moment enjoying life yeah i felt like i was coming down at times but it was such a minor, like things were going well for me. So it, w- it was all good. And I, w- I can gratefully say as well, throughout my whole upbringing, I felt um, confident, happy. Um, and like, you know, like I said, in the football teams and stuff, popular and all that kind of stuff, it was all blessed. Even in school, college, all good, even on weekend defending. However, when sixth form finished, 
there was no structure anymore. So there was no one saying Monday morning, you have to be in school, right? And then obviously my mates decided to take a gap year. The plan was work for half the year, save up, travel for half the year, standard gap year shenanigans. But as soon as the gap year started, bro, like I, I just lost control. I lost control completely. So then weekend defending became, all right, now, now I'm feeling coming down on the Sunday. I mean, maybe, you know, smoke something, drink something, whatever. Then it became Monday, then it became Tuesday. And I was still working, don't get me wrong, but it, it wasn't as like, I was just tr doing a bare minimum um, and some like mid job, like, you know, nothing um, that I had to engage my brain much. Then, so let's say I, f I finished uh, A-levels in what, June, something like that. Then as soon as A-levels finish, like I said, gap year starts. It's summertime, we're hitting festivals. I've always hit festivals my whole, like since, since uh, 15 years old. Um, but this time it's like festivals, festivals, festivals all summer. Then September, we go back to school. This time there was no go back to school. So the festivals just continued in my head. Um, and this is where the anxious thoughts started to come in because the, the, the substance amount started to go up. The amount I was drinking started to go up. Everything started to go up. Um, and like I said, there was nothing engaging me back. So my first anxious thought was realizing that my brain had slowed down. That was my first anxious thought because I was like, oh, wait, I'm sort of stuttering here a little bit. Oh, wait, like these conversations, I used to be able to be witty, like be sharp, have these conversations with my friends, parents and stuff like that, likable. But I, I'm actually done damage to my brain where I, I didn't feel confident in that. Mm. And then I started to overthink. Then I started to be like, well, people are going to notice that I'm not the same. Are people going to notice that I've lost that swagger, confidence, whatever? And then I was in my own head, in my own head, in my own head. And for me, it was such like a, a shock to the system that it was just the fact that I had an anxious thought and the fact that, uh, yeah, the fact that I, I, f I felt that uh, meant it was a downward spiral because I put so much pressure on myself and because it was so different to this character I'd portrayed for so long or I was and the way I saw myself it was it was so different that I couldn't handle it I, and then and then I would take more and, and then that would just then the cycle began after that yeah because I think some people might think that once you've got had that self-realization that oh wait my brain has slowed down there's something like quite wrong going on here they think okay so this would be the turning around point but in reality like you said it actually has just led to this period of overthinking like instead of actually um, it, it and it's kind of sending you on this upwards trajectory instead it's actually sending you spiraling down because you're just deeping everything and mm. now worrying about what's going on and i presume that then leads you to like partake in the same type of thing even more sort of thing to kind of get out of it literally and that yeah. went on for years and i went on for so long because yeah. i also had i've got adhd but it wasn't diagnosed um at school they didn't pick up on it in school i only got my diagnosis when i was at uni after i'd failed a year after i'd mm. been in like endless amounts of trouble like with all sorts of things and yeah ADHD only got picked up later down the line so that obviously that feeds into it a lot because you know when I when I read about ADHD I'm like oh my god I'm not as much of a write-off I'm not as like um much of a bad guy as I thought I was mm -hmm. it's just you know no one really taught me this is how you manage ADHD. I was just struggling in that sense. Yeah. You know what I will say as well? I think like schools like the one that um, we went to, I think that people who maybe are um, either on the spectrum or have learning difficulties, that sort of thing, I think sometimes you'd think that they would struggle at these schools, but in some ways it's actually a lot easier for them, I feel, because everything is, like you said, so routine. And um, I think especially at schools like ours, they really like celebrate the individual, like because there's all the resources that can kind of go into each person. And like you're kind of, you like I think we'll both agree there was a bit of like kind of like a big ego complex out of the school. Like kind of people tend to like think quite highly of themselves. Mm. And I know I found this as well. I found that like when I was at school, everything was like so routine and it was all, if you do this and this will happen and this and that. And I feel like maybe that's why, like, um, like you said, you might've been having those crazy weekends, but when you came back to school, everything was just as it is. And it's like, you can like not play the system, but you can kind of like just kind of cruise through it. Where as soon as, like you say, you leave um, school, uni, yes, there's a bit of routine, but at the same time, it's just, 
it's all on you to do that. Yeah. And I really feel like that's one thing where where private schools, I feel like, yes, the education um, is great, but that's a, that's a side of education they don't really fill you on them, which is like mm. real life and like yeah. how to actually kind of go about that. Yeah, and I do also think as well, like, you know, most of the people there, it's like uh, there's not the same pressures, like mm. f- family pressures and stuff like that. Um, so I do feel like it was also different uh, for maybe us because it's like uh, that wasn't an option for me to fail like that it was even more pressure yeah. in that sense so it was kind of you know no one was there telling me that no one saying yeah. like reminding me of that but you know what bro like all that said like I couldn't be more grateful for everything that I've been through I could not for be sure. more grateful because it's like everything that had to happen that way but it's also like like because of that story and because of God saving me in the moment that he saved me um I'm here to change other people's lives with, with that story. And it has, bro, yesterday, like, received a message, like, this might be random, but um, I just want you to know that you actually saved my life. Like, them words, like, you saved my life. <sighs> just don't get better than that, bro. It just don't. So I'm mad grateful that I went through that yeah. stuff because he's like, you know, I also suffered with drug problems. So I did what you said. I started cold water swimming and I'm going on runs. And you saved my life because of it. I'm like, bro, that's the best feeling, you know, like that's all I, that's all I want. That's all I I could ever ask for in life. A a message like that. So going back to, um, the lowest point, Mm. what was it then? Like that kind of spurred that like, okay, things need to change. Like what, like how did that happen? If you, you you know what it's the, the thing is, it's like, this is how I see it from God's perspective. It's like, He's clearly not going to change. So let me bring something in which is going to force the change. And that was clubs closing, everything closing, no more going out. Do you know what I mean? COVID mm. came. That's it. That's all. That's what happened. Like if, if you left it to me, I was in the cycle and nothing would have changed. So it's like bang, by force. And obviously I know like it was a tough time for a lot of people and me. It got worse at first. Um, but everything closing. No one was shouting me to come out. No one was shouting me to do this, this, this we get sent home from Bristol, you know, everyone goes home. Um, And then, like I said, I'm getting worse and I'm just like, not gonna lie, I was smoking up and feeling sorry for myself. And then I, um, I go on my laptop, I'm on YouTube and then a video got recommended to me and it was by Dr. Joe Dispenza and it was a one hour long podcast on Jay Shetty's podcast. Um, And, that was my light bulb moment. I just, everything he was saying, I was like, yeah, because I already believed in like manifestation, didn't know much about it, but like the way he was talking about it with science and mental health and reprogramming your mind and how you can actually do it, actionable steps. I'm like, yo, whatever happens, I need to buy this guy's book, buy the guy's book, became obsessed. And it was that, that was just my light, that was my light bulb moment. And it, and it's mad, it was just uh, truly a, a gift from God. Sure. No, and it is such an inspirational story as well. Like, it literally sounds like a movie almost, you know? Like, like <laughs> just imagine, like, that scene where, like, you're just, like, in your room and then you go and listen to the podcast and then suddenly there's, like, a yeah. time lapse of everything after that. Like, yeah. yeah. For sure. So, like, do you feel like maybe when you then came back to uni after the first, the first lot of COVID, like, do you feel like that was then almost a different like a fresh start for you then yeah, yeah. and um and everyone started saying it to me mm. you know you seem you seem different this is mad uh before i'd had any outer world achievements they were saying it's like speaking to a different person and that's what you know these teachings are all about changing the person and then letting the outside world catch up with that new person you attract what you are um and that's what it was all about uh yeah for sure so going more into something like specific um in the kind of feel good manifesting meditation mm. etc all that that you are now like it both not only promoting what you have actually engaged with and had positive experiences yourself and continue to one thing that i think a lot of people if they look at your profile straight away will see is like being like one of your things is this cold water yeah, therapy yeah. so like do you want to just maybe explain like how did you like how did the idea to do that come about and like just explain to us like what that actually does like from your perspective at least um so i came across wim hof and obviously like i said that joe dispenser moment uh, in lockdown that was my light bulb moment but after that 
there was obviously ups and downs and there was new gurus you could say who came along like new teachings and stuff like that so it was a, it was a full-on journey and part of that journey Wim Hof came along um who is just the guy who discovered cold exposure basically um and it was like i was improving but i still had mad anxiety because them anxious loops they get cemented in your brain like when they go on for so long like i still had that voice talking every time i was in a social setting i still had that voice sending me doubts you know what i mean like, even though i started to recover it's like i wasn't fully there so i was still learning uh about how can i just get rid of that anxiety once and for all, man. I don't want that there no more. So Wim Hof, that came about. Um, and then uh, I started taking cold showers. They were great. And then um, one day I was like, I need to step up to ice baths because I'm learning about his stuff more. But then obviously I went to B&Q to find like just a big bucket, couldn't find one. And then I was on the phone to a friend and um, she was like, why don't you get a, a wheelie bin, tried that and filmed the first ever one and um it was horrible it was so bad bro it was like 10 seconds i was like ah, and then jumped out um but then yeah like not only did it do well on tiktok but it was doing something to me and like i, I didn't even film every single one like i actually be had an attachment to it like, i became really obsessed where it's like that was like whoa i, I found a, a place i found a place where everything would go quiet in my mind and I just didn't want to leave that place. And that place was the extreme cold. Um, and it started to transform me. And because I've got ADHD as well, ADHD is all about dopamine. Um, it's a, if you've got an ADHD brain, you don't produce as much dopamine as everyone else. So you're seeking dopamine, giving things over time, junk food, um, sex, um, drinking, all of that. It's that high stimulation yeah, yeah, yeah. type So thing, that so is yeah. what ADHD people, even arguments, even arguing in relationships, right? It's all like adrenaline and dopamine rush. So if you have something which brings up your dopamine levels to a normal baseline, then what happens? You don't seek these things as much. You become a bit more normal. You're less impulsive. And, it, and uh, cold exposure boosts your dopamine by 250%. And that's the same amount as like kind of what drugs do, right? But... The, the the drugs will, will want you to crave it more after 10 minutes cold exposure is four hours it lasts for do you know what i mean drugs is a 10 minute and then cold exposure is a, a, a four hour and it keeps your dopamine levels high so as you can imagine for someone with adhd that's just magic mm. it's magic it just makes you feel good all day like this morning we went on a swim 10 minutes that's why i'm flying right now i was gonna say so like um obviously you've been doing that like is it something that you do every day then is that like you're part of your routine or yeah cold showers no matter what um i don't take an ice bath every single day anymore but i probably take an ice bath like three four times a week something sure. like that um and every time i do it especially when i go for the cold swim in nature that for me is really what does it because being out in nature that also has its own benefits sure. so when you're out there and it's just like you just become one with it whether it's raining whether it's whatever and you just let all that go and you just feel electric, bro. And after every time I do that, I say to myself in my head, like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life because there's nothing that makes me feel this alive and electric. And that, that's, that's my favorite feeling. Do you know what I mean? That's my favorite um, mood, way to be, vibration is, is that electricity and, and cold exposure gives me that. For sure. I'm interested as well, like, if you don't mind, like, sharing, like, whereabouts around here is, like, a good place to go and do that. Charlton Water Park, Sale Water Park. That makes sense now I think about it, yeah. Yeah, I've never actually been to either of them before, but I imagine it's kind of like the closest thing. It's clean, bro. It's clean. Yeah. But yeah, it probably has a bad rep. Because when I used to, growing up, I thought, oh, like, it's grim to go swimming and that kind of stuff. But nah, you can see the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Much, much cleaner than like other stuff. Like, yeah, probably. it's a minor, bro. Like I just think, yeah. you know, that's what cavemen did their whole lives. People still have to bathe in water like that around the world. Like, minor. It's just water. Sure. No, like... Honestly, as well, like I'm thinking, of maybe I will start with the cold showers. Start like, with the cold, cold showers. showers that, that's my like, suggestion all yeah. the time. Start with the cold showers, then then join me for a swimmer on a Saturday morning. Sure, I'd love to have <laughs> for you. Manga Masala, <laughs> yeah, 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 literally, you'd be on top form, bro. <laughs> no, like honestly, like it's one thing like looking at your videos of you doing it. It's another thing actually hearing you talk about mm. it, and I'm sure it'll be another thing actually engaging in it. So, for sure, I think. Maybe 2024 is the year that I start doing that, like, cold therapy. Definitely. Okay, yeah. I'm going to hold you to that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Content creation, obviously, a lot of it is to do with um, 
this cold therapy, this recovery that you've um, embarked on yourself. Mm. Um, would you say that that is almost like your niche area or are you interested in going into other areas? Because I know obviously you said like you want to be a musician. That's what started all mm. this sort of thing. Yes, that's also a good question because like, I don't just want to be known as the Iceman or mm. the cold exposure guy because you know, there's so many elements to me and cold exposure isn't, isn't the number one thing that turned my life around. I would say meditation is number one, then it's cold exposure. And yeah, it, it did turn my life around and it still does to this day. But what I'm trying to say is like, there's nutrition, there's meditation, there's cold exposure. There's, there's all together. It was, it was a lot of different things which helped. And besides that, it's like, yeah, I want to entertain. I want to entertain and make people smile and raise their vibration and then use that to tell my story and inspire because that's way more powerful, I believe. And let me give an example. If Central C turned around and went, everyone needs to start meditating. Everyone's going to start meditating. Do you know what I mean? Because they love him. They have an attachment for him in his creative pursuits. That that, that attachment with music specifically goes deep. Um, And I know as well, from the music I make it's like I'm creating from a place it's like a part of my soul and it's a place of like I feel like I'm so tuned in uh, to God in the universe that it's like it's so pure what I'm making and I know when I listen to music that's like that um, it just opens my heart up and it allows me to just be a way better version of myself so I thought I gotta give that to people because I've been making music my whole life I've been writing since I was in primary Um, and like I said it was it was my goal the whole time to do this. Always waiting for the right moment though. You know, at one point I was too cemented as the Iceman like a year ago. But over the last year, I've been putting in different things. Even all that's calculated, bro. Even all that is to do with my brand. Uh, and I've got no one managing me, advising me on that. But I just know like I'm so obsessed with this vision that I, I just constant 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 review refine review refine when is the right time is are they ready for it now no they're not what's going on in the world it's not the right time there january 2024 new year's motivation motivational song is this even my number one most strongest song no but is it the song that makes the most sense yes business do you know what i mean create from a place of purity but then execute in a way of business no Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of your music as well if this um, isn't your best song in your opinion as well because like honestly obviously when you reached out to us I was like okay this would be really cool be really nice to catch up with yourself but then when I heard the music as well I was like okay like now I've got this extra thing I actually like want to yeah, like talk about this as well because it is um, a good song so for the people at home I've realised I don't think we even in- said at the start the reason why Holmes is here today mainly is because he released <laughs> your um, debut single Too Late um, dropped at the end of January, like you said, the mm. perfect like kind of January blues mm. um, time, and it is um, a perfect antidote to that as well because it's very much like high tempo, um, kind of getting pumped kind of vibe. Like you speaking about your own experience as well. Um, so, when did you start writing that? Was it like I'm presuming it must have been after um, your lowest point because obviously it's from a place of Bro, yeah. you know what's mad? I've not spoken about this yet, but no, it was it was from a moment where I was still recovering. Okay. Um, but it was talking about all the things that I wanted, you know what I mean? So it's like manifested that big time. Mm-hmm. But I wrote that song like, you know, now I'm here and you never put a wage on me, but now we made it. I had nothing then, bro. I hadn't made it whatsoever. Um, but I tell you actually what inspired it. And, and it, I wrote that. I started writing it two years ago, over two years ago now, and I got my heart broken. And maybe you can feel heartbreak uh, vibes in the song, um, but, you know, the song in its original form was, it was more directed at the person who broke my heart. I've changed some of the words, so because I didn't want my first song to be like, oh, you, you did this to me and now I'm here, because I felt like that was a bit low vibration. And I'm all about high vibration. So then I sort of about a year or so later switched up and realized that okay even though it's inspired by heartbreak uh, that's where it was birthed uh, i grew as a person and then i turned it more into nah they they never thought i could make it which is true that's high vibration they never thought i could make it but now we're here anyway and like i said wrote it most of it i wrote most of it from a, a place of like i hadn't made it at all um but i was always been like uh 
confident in the vision when i got that vision from god once in a, in a meditation I, i just saw myself on stage and i knew that was my destiny for sure no and again like honestly i feel like if content creation like loses its appeal to you to go into motivational speaking because honestly everything <laughs> i'm saying i'm sliding out along like yeah <laughs> yeah like you have a way i don't I, i think i genuinely think it's because like everything you're saying is making sense though and it like is sounds so inspirational Um, that's obviously talking about the lyrical element of it mm. in terms of the actual sound would you say that obviously you said you decided to put this out as your debut single because it was the right time and it's about um it's really the most motivational song that you've got at the moment um would you say that in terms of its sound it that is the hum sound or have you got different stuff coming in the future you know what bro like it's not even the sound i don't know what the sound is because like every one of my songs you could say it sounded like a different subgenre but to be honest bro like my perspective is yeah that i want to be genreless my favorite artists are genreless but then some people say oh no that's silly because you got to pin down a subgenre like let's say for example pink pantheress she's pinned that down um what's that what's that girl who does the the dnb she's she's massive B&B. drum and bass type yeah. music what's her name now bro i've seen her live bare times as well hopefully it'll come to you she's mixed race too she's headlines um, festies yeah 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 near yeah. archives so look them two pin down their subgenres, right yeah so obviously people have advised me even like you know people at labels they've advised me about that and i just think like well my genre is just high vibration like can i not just do that can i not just make my genre like the message the power the unlocking the hearts like rather than thinking okay now this song is on a dance instrumental that my next song even though i've originally recorded it on a more let's say hip hop instrumental now i have to go and make it on a dance thing maybe that's the right answer maybe not though but i think it's it's best in its purest form uh, however i would do anything um i would do everything i do is just to contribute the vision so whatever i have to do and whatever feels right in order to get to the end goal i will do um and yes i do have complete respect for the music and you know i want it to be in its purest form but i'm all i'm still open i i always know like instinctively what feels right and what doesn't um but what feels right to me right now is come out with this song which just feels right and then the next one what's what's the next song that's going to feel right doesn't have to be dance yeah all my stuff would probably come under pop radio friendly high vibration pop i guess you know but i think we live in a time where genres are so fluid anyway do you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like so when people ask me like about genre i'm just like i'm i'm just trying to change the world and and, and lift you up man and tell stories and i hope that's a good enough answer sure so on that note um, we're going to give too late a play um do you want to introduce it for us This is Too Late by Homs, my first ever radio play. Oh my god, bro. I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe I'm saying that. Let's go, man. I hope you enjoy this. Too Late by Homs on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth radio station. And I wish that you guys were in the studio just now with us cuz I, I feel like I've just had my own little like kind of live performance/motivational <laughs> speech/like whatever that just was that just happened in the past two minutes. I don't know. But i enjoyed it all the same so oh thank my you for gosh that. yeah it was pure vibes but i couldn't help it man this is such a big moment for me bro do you know what i mean I, I, i've literally wanted this for so long so first ever radio play bro i'm emotional no no i'm obviously honored to be the person i hit play on it as well like no definitely thank you for giving us opportunity um was I'm, i'm still recovering <laughs> that's good though man that's good we're shaking it off in it um feel good vibes you obviously feeling yourself just then i feel like my first thing obviously it's your own sound and everything i, I was kind of getting like kind of like almost like ex- example vibes from that Do you know oh really I mean? yeah like, yeah like kind of like that like mm. high pace like mm-hmm, kind of like mm-hmm. i don't know what it is i feel like it's the instrumental but i was going to say about the instrumental as well so is that an instrumental that you've got from someone or was that produced for it, okay or? so this is also a very interesting story right so when i said like started making it two years ago then me and my boy got in the studio um and we made we made a sick instrumental for it and then we took it to a place where i thought uh mix mastered finished ready to go radio ready all of that and then basically in the summer i played in um my first celebrity football tournament right it was called soccer six and then the 
this is how the universe works in crazy ways, right? The team I was supposed to play for um, had dropped out. So I ended up being on a team who had one player less and it was a record label called Scruff of the Neck and um, it's run by a guy called Mark. He was playing on the team. Long story short, bro, we won the tournament together. So obviously like, you, when you win a tournament with someone, you become like best mates. And then obviously he got to know me. I told him about the vision. I told him about music and he was super excited. And he was like, send me the music after this tournament, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, I send him the music. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, this is it, bro. This is it. We made it. And he just, he was just like, I'm not going to lie. Like I was expecting more. And luckily I'm in a place where that I was celebrating rather than being like, oh no, like this is music I made from the heart. Like what? Nah, nah, I was like, okay, yes. Like this means that I, I'm going to get ready for it. Um, my, my music, everything's going to improve. I was, uh, I welcomed it. So he tell me, change this, change this, change this. And then at the same time, it still just w wasn't there. And now, now I could feel that he said, it sounds like a demo. And now I was like, okay, I really got to go back to the drawing board. He's like, come and see me uh, at Scruff for the Next. So I went to see my man um, and he's like, you know what? I know exactly what this song needs. I know who this song needs. He calls someone up. He's like, oh, Andy, you free right now? And then me, me and Mark go meet this guy called Andy, which is a producer and he produces for... Uh, the Cortinas uh, and, and more and more, more like he's just sick uh, sound engineer producer writer Andy Gannon big up my guy then next thing you know me and Andy get a session and Andy just takes this all to another level bro and it opened my eyes up to songwriting a lot as well like we literally went through every single line in the song and it's like if it doesn't contribute the vision then, then it needs to be changed I'm like whoa this is mad production went to another level everything and, and there I got to see like yeah, these are the levels, but also it allowed me to hear myself sound that good sonically. Um, like just for the few tweaks and even the, the tips he gave me, the way I was delivering onto the mic, everything like changed in that session right there, bro. If you could have been in that room, oh my God, it was it was wild. Um, and then we finished that session like, bro, like we knew we were like sitting on a banger, obviously. Um, and then like we had a one more session, another one and it was finished. And then towards the end of our last session, he started to play another instrumental and I was just like singing to it and bro, we cooked up another madness. So I think that's going to be track two. I don't know, but there's definitely me and Andy are a great team and, and he's a great guy and I work really well with him. And then yeah, Too Late was born. No, and that's so nice as well, but that's obviously all come from you guys playing football together. Right? Oh my, yeah. I know, I know from that tournament, bro. It's crazy. And it's also just like, the amount of things that have to align for that to take place for like uh for me to actually have a music career all that needed to happen and that proves to me it's meant to be because those things don't happen to anyone they don't happen by accident they don't happen when it's not destiny you know what i mean and that's it it was nice for me it's like okay I, i'm not deluded here this is meant to be otherwise it wouldn't align so well sure no definitely and Honestly, if it's the same people that are involved making the next track that are involved in this one, then definitely looking forward to that. On that note, though, obviously, um, you've spoken about next couple of singles, whatever they might be, um, different um, genres, um, they might be this or that. Um, and in terms of like content creation as well, everything is ultimately the world we live in, like TikTok, streaming, etc. Everything is so fleeting. Um, do you see yourself, especially as someone that is kind of coming up through this route as someone that would like release whole projects worth of music? Or do you feel like you're someone that is more going to focus on each individual track, releasing it when it's right, that sort of thing? My idea is I'm going to promote every single like it's an album. Got you. Massive marketing. Bro, do you know how long I've been working on this marketing campaign? years because every song that's gone viral on tiktok i've seen how do they do it and put it in my spreadsheets like that's how deep i've been going into this and then from them spreadsheets devising my own plans chat gpt asking that getting help from there like for tips and stuff like that and then putting that all together into this carefully laid out marketing campaign um for this release so that that's that's years of planning just for one single um and i love marketing bro like i'm obsessed with it like uh, the the psychology of getting someone to give a damn about what you have to say in a world where they have unlimited choice. I find that so interesting. Um, so 
I'm glad I've got a content creation background. I'm glad I'm this passionate about marketing because I know a lot of musicians don't like that side of things, but I'm, I'm just as passionate about marketing as I'm music. Nah, and I think that's a really fresh perspective to come on it because like, as someone that's obviously um, through this, like I feel like with anything, if you want to gain traction, you have to be involved in social media. That's just the way it is. But I know, I've, I know the frustration that like, you can feel when you feel like you've done something that ultimately you feel like oh it's really good content it should have blown up and then it doesn't and you just kind of feel deflated but the way that you're talking about it is kind of like okay well why is that what's the mm. challenge there like what is it like what do you what's the actual way to go about this sort of thing like, yeah. yeah go back to the drawing board time and time and time and time again uh, what i would say here's a message to like any musicians or people who start clothing brands or brands or whatever uh here's some advice on on content right um I know it might not feel natural to everyone. I know it might not feel natural, um, but you just got to do it because it's the it's the era we're living in. It, it's necessary. Um, and especially for musicians, I would say you've got this product, you've got this piece of your soul, right? It's your music that you love and adore and, and it's a part of you. It's like your baby. Now, do you not want to do everything possible to make sure your baby, your you, that piece of your soul gets as the love and attention that it deserves? If that's the case, then... Just go and do the content and see it as, you know what? I've crafted that. Now I'm going to put everything into the craft, which is content too, because my music, my art deserves to be heard. And, and with that kind of mentality, that mentality shift, that that's why you're doing it. Uh, I do think uh, you'll be able to just go and do it. No, again, <clears throat> clicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm presuming as well, um, like I don't know um, if did you release this track through Scruff of the Neck then? No. Or, uh, okay. So everything that you've done is like completely independent. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say as well because obviously you've spoken about um, songs going viral on TikTok and stuff, and obviously at the moment this might actually be a good point to kind of break through all the noise because currently TikTok is very silent because I don't know if you've seen about like um, Universal. Obviously they've like because they didn't reach the deal, they've pulled all their music from it. Um, so whilst I mean, I don't really know enough about either side as to who's like really in the wrong here, whether it's TikTok or Universal. But I do know that ultimately it's the Universal artists that are ending up suffering the brunt of it. That being said, independent artists, maybe this is actually a time for yeah. their songs to go more yeah, look, on TikTok. You're spot on, bro. You're spot on. It's opportunity now. What I see as well, like if all that, if TikTok's taking a hit like that, best believe they're going to be pushing the other music more. Mm. like that's just simple you can work that out every app they're going to do whatever they can to um keep that attention on there and you know tiktok is known for musicians music uh, musicians being able to blow up etc it's become harder but now i think it will come slightly slightly easier um it's never going to be easy but what i'm going to say is double down now definitely just double down see it as motivation maybe you're going on to this bro but you know one thing i really want to talk about but on. on mango masala i want to talk about my heritage because i've never i've never been able to do that really or like no one's really asked me fully what that means to me blah 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 and i thought you know what now would be the perfect time no honestly go for it like if is there a particular angle that you want to go at mm. this from or um you asked me something based well on that. i mean i was kind of gonna go from the angle of obviously you've spoken a bit about how um your background kind of added that extra level of pressure when you're at school and then also when you're at your lowest point how it meant that the people didn't I, I imagine like didn't really know that much about mental health and there wasn't really that support that you needed necessarily now that you're on the other side of things but you're still involved in music and content creation how is that because obviously i'm sure your family probably sees you i'm sure they can recognize that you're in so, so much of a better place but at the end of the time the at the end of the day the career that you're still involved in isn't like one that people of a south asian background would normally mm. go into you know what bro like the one thing i'm so grateful for is i got my family's utmost support like they massively believe in the vision they see what i'm doing they see that i'm changing lives um and you know there were times where it was difficult because i've now got my degree you know what i mean made them proud but now all right go and go and get your your high paid job now you know what i mean you got first from a top 10 uni go and get the high paid job i turned it down because at that time I'd already hit 100k followers on TikTok. And um, for me, I was making that decision. You know, they might be going to be disappointed in the short term, but if I, c if I can just deliver, they won't be. Um, 
So I made that decision. That was probably the only moment where they felt like, uh, you know, uh, a bit of conflict. But since then, all I've delivered is growth results, brand deals, growth results. Do you know what I mean? And they've got to see that. They've got to see that firsthand. And because I've been able to show them results and progress and kept them involved and then they heard this song and they're like, okay, that sounding sick. And then they're seeing all these magical things aligning. They see me do a night campaign. It's They really see the vision because, you know, if I'm going to be the one who goes on to, to become a millionaire, then this is the way I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do that through um, the other means of, of getting rich or, or whatever, um, you know, working a nine to five in a corporate world. You can do that, to be fair, but there's a bigger picture here. And it's not just that. It's like, yeah, the monetary side of things, but I'm also changing lives. Also, like music is a big part of my family. Like I grew up like my dad's blasting music our whole lives. Do you know what I mean? And I know, you know, that's frowned upon technically in Islam, um, but I'm, I'm not trying to... Um, justify anything at all I'm, I'm just letting you know Like that was always A big part of my upbringing And it still is Like um, my dad showing me New music All of this Like that's always been Our family And then also uh, My dad and his brothers were, were a dance group Growing up Like well known They used to sell out shows In Manchester etc Around the country So it's like This is in my blood um, So yeah the, Right now They're so supportive they're, they're so proud And all I'm doing Everything I'm doing Is for them Like that, that's my number one Prerogative is Is making them proud more proud and that and that comes from a place of like i still feel guilty about what i did and what i put them through especially my mom because she's like she never hear from me for weeks when i remember still she didn't know if i was dead or alive do you know what i mean so i really put my mom through like the worst 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 moments ever so a lot of my work rate and my drive it comes from i gotta make it right i gotta show them now that you know this is what the, all the pain was for um, and just just make them proud because they're my biggest inspirations mum and dad are my biggest inspirations because like there's no one who works harder and even even my, my sisters uh, and my brother like my family to me is like they're my biggest inspirations and um, I, I, I just want to make them proud and I couldn't be more grateful that I have traditional parents who are also this supportive of, of the creative vision yeah no 100% and I'm really glad that you're at that stage now as well at like all of you and i think as well we see this with like south asian families and um, especially when there's a sense of community that can be a positive thing but also a negative thing everyone's so worried about what this person that person is saying but one thing i will say is i think we see that with um south asian individuals when a certain person does dare to be different and um do something that's against the norm um maybe it will work out maybe it won't whatever but i think it takes one person to kind of maybe they'll then take also take the brunt of people kind of like talking about them or whatever but others then feel more comfortable to come out and actually do it as well so i think mm. that being said like obviously there might be people um in your family in your community that see that you've obviously gone and embarked in this successful content creation career and they feel a bit more comfortable maybe going down that route as opposed to feeling forced to do something that they think is expected of them and likewise their families might be more accepting of it as well bro like you've just everything you said there that's like another one of my main prerogatives you know i said one of my motivations is my family another huge one is my people is pakistan pakistanis young pakistanis that to me means so much because right check this here growing up it wasn't cool to be Pakistani. Like, you know, in the school that we went to, everyone's mainly white. The popular kids were not Asian. Do you know what I mean? The Asians sort of stuck together and all the popular kids were white. The girls weren't interested in me. The girls only wanted white guys. Do you know what I mean? So, end of the day, I'm there. I was even lying about where I was from, bro. I used to say that, like, yeah, I'm, I'm half Pakistani, half white, just to try and fit in. Do you know what I mean? I was always trying to fit in. I started straightening my hair, bro. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm, I'm not proud of that, but at the time, it's like, I just wanted to be liked, popular, have friends, whatever. And, you know, like I said as well, like, you no know, girls were into me either. And I was like trying to change things about myself. Um, and I, f I believe there's two reasons for that, why it wasn't cool to be Pakistani. Uh, one is society. And obviously, like, you know, the Eurocentric vision of what beauty is in, in media and representation. We're not sort of, uh, in films, the Asian guy's not the hero. The Asian guy's the nerd. Do you know what I mean? Kit, yeah. So yeah, it's always been that way. So that's conditioning that goes deep. 
um, there's that and then in the news and then there's you know like uh, terrorism this and that and then sort of like uh, our brand image you could say as, as Pakistanis or South Asians um, Bengalis whatever it's not this kind of uh, heroic figure or anything like that so that plays into it but also bro like growing up there was no there was no role models really there was no one I thought growing up Pakistani who's made it who's talking about being Pakistani who's trying to bring these young people up um, there wasn't really anyone until Zayn Malik and Zayn Malik I felt was that was a pivotal moment uh, because it's like okay mad like he's in one direction and he's Pakistani that's crazy so he was a like you know a big inspiration I think for all Pakistanis but I want to come and fill that void now I want to be able to be that person it's like no you know what like rep your colours bro it's cool to be Pakistani it's cool to be Bengali it's cool to be Indian do you know what I mean um, and you just go make it cool You and I'll work on yourself and be proud of where you're from because that makes you unique and you don't have to be lawyer, doctor, accountant you don't have to do them traditional jobs I know that's the way some people in the world still might see you but no do whatever you like and now like you said I am proof of that um, and especially I've proven it when I did the night campaign and I represented England that's like for a Pakistani to do that, bro, and why that meant the most to me is because my mom and dad were getting calls from people in the community like, you know, what this means for our kids, what this means for young Pakistanis growing up. You're showing us what our our boys, our girls can achieve and I just want to do that again. I want to create that moment again, but this time through music because they always said, Pakistanis can't dance, Pakistanis can't sing, you can't do that, South Asians just stick to this, um, studies, blah, blah, blah. No, scrap all of that, bro. Come on, we need the South Asians to actually rise up. We need more South Asian creatives because we got it. When you look at Bollywood and all this, we got it. Do you know what I mean? But you need to feel that confidence in yourself and go all in with it. And your parents need to see results. So that means you need to work on the craft. You know what I mean? The only reason my parents see the vision because they see the results. So graft, work harder than everyone else. Be proud of where you're from. Um, and yeah, that I can inspire the next generation of uh, of South Asians and, and rep my country like that, man. For sure. I think that's like a perfect thing to end on. Before we go, though, do you want to just let the people know where they can find you on socials? Yeah, so socials at Humzy D, H-U-M-Z-Y-D. Um, my new song, my first ever song is out now, Too Late by Hums. That's my artist name, by the way, Hums. That's what you know me as, Hums. Too late by homes out on all platforms. Go stream that if you want to raise your vibration and change your life. Thank you for having me, Mango Masala, Manchester's number one South Asian platform. I'm grateful. My first ever radio play. Big love to my guy Gerns right here. Nah, thank you so much. It's been so nice to catch up and everything. And yeah, we'll hopefully be hearing a lot more from you. You've got our email now, so just keep sending that music through yeah, and man. everything. Let us know if there's anything we can love. do. You know what? Why don't we finish with the track again? Yeah, bro. We're getting a second play, bro. We're getting a second play. There we go.